And now, you're tuned in to RBLR, the home of Tampa Bay's Reveler Sports. Hello, everyone out there in Tampa Bay and beyond. This is James Knowles coming at you for the RBLR Sports Podcast. I am here, as per usual, with my co-host, Carlos. How are you, Carlos, on this Tuesday evening? I am here. I am thriving. <laughs> I am happy to talk about rowdies on this lovely Tuesday night. I was talking to my parents this past weekend, and they always give me constructive criticism, let's say. <laughs> like, you know what? We listened to the episode from this past week, and I was like, oh, yeah, like how'd it go? And like, it was good. It was good. But we can't hear you when your voice starts to go down. You can like, start like losing some of your energy halfway through your sentences. So I'm going to make it a point to enunciate all of my words and kind of keep the same volume this episode. All right. We're going to get better just as the rowdies are getting better this offseason. There we go. I'm into a great, great form into the actual season. We're going to be in full swing soon enough. James, how are you doing? I know you're feeling a little bit sick. How's that going over there? Yeah, other than that, I'm doing okay. Uh, Carlos, you have been on this podcast sick before, so I guess one of us has to be at least until the season starts, yeah, right? Yeah, Cross yeah, our yeah. fingers until the yeah. season starts, then we'll everybody will be healthy. Eureka, our producer, and you and me as the co-host, we will all be healthy so that we can watch and attend and enjoy as many yeah. Rowdy's game as possible. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. It's like I keep saying this. It's crunch time. It really is. Like we're really kind of coming up into that period where we can start talking, like real stuff. Um, we've been in that for the last couple of weeks, and we have a lot to talk about today. Still, I mean, there's a preseason game this past weekend that was quote unquote closed doors. Um, if you actually just pulled up, they kind of just let you in, but <laughs> I didn't tell you that. Um, yeah, I mean, we have preseason stuff to talk about. We have uh, what else happened? I mean, we have uh, we've talked about the Western Conference teams too, James. We haven't talked about them at all. We'll briefly hit on a few of them um, on this episode. So, a lot to talk about in a short amount of time, James. Why don't we just jump into it? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get started. As you said, we have not done our Western Conference preview, so we have to cover the Western Conference this week and next week before we do our actual preview for the first game. Folks, it is that close. Somehow yep. we have gotten through all of this time, and we are that we are that close to being back to rowdy soccer. Uh, beforehand, we need to cover a little bit of other soccer. Congrats again this week to Madison Cox for scoring so in sick. Puerto Rico's first Gold Cup win. They went down one nil, and they came back with her goal. I should mention her goal against Panama in the 73rd minute. And then in the 90th plus three, they scored the winner. So Puerto Rico gets their first three points ever at a major tournament. That's against awesome. A, a good Panama team, by the way. I mean, it's a not good just like Panama a random team. team. Yeah. I mean, it, that's, it, that's crazy stuff. It was so cool to see her get on the score sheet and um, not to encroach on the Tampa Bay sun podcast, you know, but the Tampa Bay sun also replied with a little eyeballs emoji, you know, mm -hmm. you see that on Twitter. So nothing, I don't know. I mean, Take that with a grain of salt. Make of that what you will. But it'd be—I'm just gonna say—it'd be sick to have her <laughs> on a, uh, our first professional women's soccer team in Tampa. I'll just throw that out there. Um, if anybody from the Sun is listening, go go get her, man. Come on. <laughs> I mean, she's doing well at the Gold Cup, helping to make history for this Puerto Rican team. That'd be so cool to have her stick around um, here in Tampa. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that a obviously she's a local and a native, so that's pretty cool. You know, I don't know what they're doing in terms of signings. I was listening to um, you know some stuff about the USL uh, on the women's side recently, and it seems like the Tampa Bay Sun are the farthest along in terms of all the teams that have been named, but still no signings. So we have to keep our eyes peeled for that, and hopefully we will have some more news coming out about the Sun relatively soon. Anyway, like I said, congratulations to Puerto Rico. Congratulations to Madison, an interviewee on this podcast. We're not going to say it's down to the RBLR bump because she was obviously good enough to do that without us, but we're going to say that she gave us the Puerto Rico bump here at RBLR Sports. Sure. And uh, thank you for doing that. So now we do have to cover the USL. Um, unfortunately, we do not have any Rowdies news yet this week. I don't know if there will be other stuff out later. If so, unfortunately, we will have to cover it next week. But um, yeah, it always so happens. Yeah, it does. It does very frequently when we go on a Monday or a Tuesday. But either way, there is still news around the USL that we need to talk about. And uh, we're going to get to that here in a little bit. But beforehand, please like and subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe on any major podcast platform. And of course, please follow us on social media like Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, everywhere that you are. We are at RBLR Sports and we will see you there too. Now, Carlos, I will take the first bit of USL news because I just saw this one. I don't know how much you had seen of it, but go for um, it. then we can go through the other ones here 
together. So Orange County have uh, announced a couple of different new owners over the course of this off season. I believe one of them was called Joey Bananas, um, something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The survivor guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this this one, I guess their new owner, uh, another new owner, he has a, a more conventional name. Let's say his name is Eli Lesser. Um, he is at Eli Lesser TV on Instagram and yeah, he has become a new owner, I guess, ahead of this, you know, this season for Orange County. I will just read this out to you because this is not a name that I know, but you know, that doesn't mean that I know everyone who it is. I didn't know who Joey Bananas was when we talked about that <laughs> one, but Eli Lesser is an LA based soccer host and content creator covering us soccer news and culture, gaining 69.2 K followers on Instagram. So he has some type of following, obviously. And um, yeah, he must have enough money to become part of the ownership group at Orange County. So that's exciting for them. Um, I don't know too much about him. I, I guess somehow even my soccer news has uh, been biased towards the Eastern coast. <laughs> um, I listened to Total Soccer Show and they are based out of Richmond, Virginia, which is obviously on the East Coast. So, um, you know, I, I, maybe I'm somehow this biased that I've missed good LA content. But yeah, this is one of the uh, new ownership group members for Orange County. And, um, you know, we'll see how all of this plays out because they have a lot of chefs in that kitchen, I guess. Yeah, I'm actually, I, I don't know who this guy is, to be honest either, but I'm, I've always been kind of a fan of influencers, let's say, getting involved in stuff like this, especially like USL, um, a league that's like growing rapidly, but still needs like a kick every once in a while to kind of get it um, to broader audiences that otherwise might not see it. Um, Orange County has like, decent enough support um but they're kind of flanked by you know these these bigger mls brands in la galaxy lafc and whatnot yeah um so it's pretty cool i mean i mean uh, it's, it's good it's just good to have some more kind of like eyes get on a team like this that otherwise might not get those eyes um i don't know i'm, I'm sure this will be a positive thing for orange county yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that <laughs> you said it, actually, if they have, you know, all of this, uh, all of this traffic going to their site, whether that's Eli Lesser covering soccer or Joey Bananas in whichever contest it was that he was the 19 the time champion of or whatever, then that's good. That will bring that will bring more people into the soccer sphere who might not have been and more people who are in the soccer sphere down to the USL sphere as well. So uh, obviously, as you said, Carlos, we do enjoy that. Now, exactly. um, I will turn it over to you for the next piece of news here around the USL. Yeah, going around the USL, we're going staying out west I'm with El Paso. Um, fun team in the locomotive who've picked up Brandon, sorry, Brandon Craig and Javier Navarez. Um, they're joining El Paso on loan. Again, news. It's not like we're not expecting huge, huge games at this point late in the offseason, but signings, signings are being made, moves are happening. I don't know too much about these players, but moves are happening for El Paso, a squad that kind of has had a relatively quiet offseason, to my yeah. knowledge. Um, hasn't really made particularly, you know, big splash signings or anything. Um, one I'll highlight so far is Jamali Waite, because I think that was kind of crazy for Pittsburgh to let go of one of their one of the best goalies in the league, and he ended up in El Paso. Um, but yeah, so these guys are joining Jamali and the rest of their offseason signings, Brandon Craig and Javier Navarez. Um, on loan um, at El Paso. James, you know anything else about them that you want to add? Maybe add a bit of context in here. So <laughs> not just saying random names that don't mean anything to people. Well, uh, I will say for Brandon Craig, he is a highly rated U.S. youth national team player. He is coming on loan from the Philadelphia Union. Um, he has been, you know, a very highly rated player within the Philadelphia Union uh, youth setup. And unfortunately, it has just been very difficult for him to break into the Philadelphia Union lineup. They're obviously a very good team in MLS, so that does make a little bit of sense, obviously. Um, here, last season, he went on loans to Austin FC, also within MLS. He didn't get a ton of playing time there, so I guess they decided that dropping him down a level will probably provide him with the adequate amount of playing time to move his career forward, and I'm hoping for that too because he does look like a very good player at the back. Um, he's very you know, good on the ball. Um, I think that everybody talks about whether or not he has the um, the athletics to keep up in terms of the highest levels of the game. He certainly has the skill on the ball and the ability to pick a pass, but as a defender, you also need to, you know, be able to chase people down. If you get beat, what have you, maybe somebody else gets beat too. So uh, that is the question around him. And uh, the other player 
Javier Navarez. Uh, he is on loan from Liga MX, specifically uh, CD Juarez in that league. So top division in Mexico, you know, you can't, it's not like it's going to be a bad player, but I will yeah. say, I don't know a ton about him. He is 23 years old and he's not been the most regular player for Juarez. That makes sense for him, you know, going on loan, obviously. But I think that these are two solid pickups as defenders, and they should uh, bolster what actually looks like a, a relatively decent back line. They do have they have uh, Tony Alfaro, who is a Mexican American player. Um, he was bump, he was bouncing around MLS for several years, and now he's dropped down from the LA Galaxy to El Paso. So it, you think you know Tony Alfaro and Brandon Craig at the back, maybe Francisco Navarez or excuse me Javier Navarez in front of them, and Bolu Acuñode, a player from the Miami previously. It's actually not that bad of a lineup that they have, at least in terms of a spine. So sure. you know we'll see how it goes and fills out around them. But um, yeah, I, I think that that is something to highlight there because they look like pretty good players. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Again, I don't know a ton about them, but Javier Navarez, again, sounds like an interesting prospect. Um, again, pretty young guy, like you said, 23 years old on loan um, from Juarez, which is by no means a small or, you know, insignificant club in Mexico. It's in the right. first division and they, you know, compete pretty regularly, um, kind of middle of the table club sometimes. So, um, yeah, good for them. I don't know. I I don't know. I haven't kept up too much with El Paso's offseason, but these seem like moves that could certainly push them forward because they're a team that's kind of been on the edge, let's yeah, say, kind of right. breaking through. Um, maybe like the Birmingham of, of uh, Western Conference kind of just like close, but hasn't really found a way to break through. Um, so maybe these guys will help them do that. Yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on them. A couple wild cards out there um, for El Paso. Um yeah, jumping on to the next one, James. I think we can move on to cover. I, I want I want to take this next bullet point because one of these guys is literally my boy. I had a class with him here. I figured you might want to talk about this one. Love this guy. Fantastic guy. But I'll mention this other guy first. Um, FC Tulsa brought in a couple guys um, within the past week. Uh, one of them is a former Chelsea youth player in Harvey St. Clair. Um, this is an interesting one. He's a winger. He is six foot. Um, he's got some speed to him. Um, he's only 25, so he's he's still pretty young, obviously, and can kind of break into his athletic prime um, in the next couple of years. Uh, yeah, moved out to Tulsa from Vene uh, Venezia, from Venice officially. Um, he's been on loan to like four different clubs in the past, um, let's say, what, five seasons? Um, Scotland, Italy, uh, played two games for Kilmarnock. Um, played in some uh, lower division teams in Italy. Um, found his way over to Tulsa. Um, interestingly, um, I can't imagine that's a fantastic transition, um, from Italy to <laughs> Tulsa, Oklahoma, but, um, I'm sure he'll do fine out there. He seems like a talented player, um, who has a lot to give, but just has, again, hasn't really seemed to break through, yeah. uh, spend his youth career at Chelsea, obviously a pretty big club with a great Academy system. Um, and just hasn't really broken through any of the clubs he was out on loan at and never really uh, found a spot um, with the team he was officially signed for in, in Venezia. Um, so hopefully he kind of gets something going over here um, with Tulsa. Seems like a really talented guy. Big guy, um, a six-foot as a winger. It's kind of interesting. Um, and he's got some speed to him. So keep an eye on him. He could be pretty good for Tulsa. Um, like kind of a wild card as well because we don't know too, too much about him. Um, there's not like consistent stats for him. He's just kind of been all over the place the last few years. Keep an eye on him. He sounds like an interesting uh, prospect for sure. The other guy is one of the best people I've ever met in my life. Like just a great person and a fantastic striker. And I'm so glad he's in the USL. Um, his name is Stefan Stojanovic. Um, played two seasons at Georgetown. Uh, had a fantastic, fantastic game-winning goal in the Big East Conference Final against Providence that I was blessed to be at. Um, one of the greatest sports memories of my life at Georgetown. It was so cool. Um, he just had like this half volley to win it in overtime. Uh, ran over, uh, you know, dapped me up. He was a great guy. Um, he's a really, he's, he's a big guy. Um, he's got some speed to him. He's just a great, great technical finisher. And I'm really surprised he didn't find his way um, into Philadelphia Union's um, uh, senior squad um, eventually. Because um, he's been with their, uh, with their two team um in mls next pro for the last couple seasons um always seemed like he had more to give than that to be honest so i'm glad he kind of made it out of a reserve squad and made it over to um a, a team like tulsa yeah he's got a lot to give for sure um so i'm really really happy for him i'm really curious to see what he can do over there with tulsa should he doesn't score against us obviously it always seems like 
like Georgetown players have a knack for <laughs> performing really well when I'm rooting for them and they're playing they, against the Rowdies. They know um, that you're covering it, obviously. So yeah, yeah. They gotta yeah. they gotta look good. Yeah. So um let me I'm trying to pull up his um his exact stats in the past couple of years. So I was looking for that. Um yeah, eleven goals and forty three appearances for Philadelphia Union, uh two. Um, and now he's coming over to actually Tulsa again, played two seasons over there um, for their two squad. And again, I'm really, really surprised he didn't manage to break through into that senior team. Uh, fantastic, fantastic striker. Keep an eye on him. He's six foot, can move um, as if he was like, I don't know. He, he moves like he's smaller than he is, but he's in, an imposing character too. Like he can get up there. Um, I just know this from seeing him play. Um, over at uh, Shawfield here at Georgetown. So fantastic guy, fantastic player. I'm happy for him. I'm happy this journey has taken him um, to the USL. Um, yeah, he's going to be really, really great for them uh, in, in, in Tulsa. So keep an eye on him. Again, Stefan, if for whatever reason you're listening to this, just don't score against us. Like <laughs> I, I told you this in your Instagram comments when you put this on your on your Instagram the other day. I was like, please just go off, win the golden boot, but not against us. Um, James, you want to take this last piece of transfer news, or is there anything you want to add on these guys? Because there's a couple interesting signings for Tulsa. I mean, I'm again, Stefan's one of my boys, so I'll always root for him. But this Harvey St. Clair character looks like an interesting player for sure. Yeah, I would say just like you did, you know, unfortunately, we just don't have a ton of tape on this guy. People who have access to Y Scout, which you would assume FC Tulsa does, will probably have plenty of tape but um yeah it's interesting that uh they went and found him it's another one of those very random moves like last week or the week before we were discussing that goalkeeper that hartford signed and we were like how the hell did he even know that they you know how the hell did they know about him and it's just crazy but um it'll be interesting to see how he does uh i know he's a former scottish youth international that doesn't mean too much i guess at this point in his career but um it's just you know it's just weird so it's it's a little interesting and I, I like you. You've said it. I always wonder how these guys get in touch with each other that they end up playing. I mean, you know, no offense to Tulsa, but as you said, Carlos, leaving Italy and you go to Oklahoma, <laughs> there aren't I, a lot of people who make that choice. Like, you know, let's not say willingly, because obviously he chose to do it, but uh, there aren't a lot of people who would choose to do it if they could stay in Italy. Let's leave it that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not exactly a, I don't know. I'm not, I'm sure nobody's like, you know, dying to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma one day. It's not uh, a worldwide destination or yeah. vacation destination. Yeah, I was a like it's it's one of those places. I was like this was super random, but I was watching the Georgetown women's team. They had a great game, and I was like, "Book it, we're going to the Final Four. Someone look up where's the Final Four for the women's tournament." And they said Cleveland, Ohio. And I said, "Never mind. You guys can go without me. No way, you're gonna find me dead in Cleveland. This it feels like a <laughs> Tulsa situation for sure, but." Um, yeah, good for Tulsa. These are two big signings for them. Uh, and again, I'm super happy for my boy Stefan Zoyanovic. He's a fantastic player, and I really can't over like or overstate how much of a good guy he was too. Just to be around, um, one of those really down to earth people, and a team that certainly had all the reason in the world to you know walk around with their chest out and their heads kind of high. They, they really, really humble group of guys, and he was certainly a, a big leader for that squad. So happy for him. Cool, cool. That's awesome to hear. And um, as you said, he can win the golden boot, but as long as he scores an own goal when he's playing the Rowdies, then exactly. we'll, we'll take that. Yeah. Um, yeah, the last bit of transfer news before I hand it back to Carlos is uh, Las Vegas Lights have quickly become one of the one of the weirdest teams of the offseason. That's yeah. almost always the case. But um, stop me. At if least you've it's heard like the... positive now, though. At least yeah, it's like a little right. bit positive. Yeah. I was going to say so they've got the new ownership, they've got the new coach, they've got the new sporting director. All of these positions are filled. What are they going to do in terms of players because it's getting up to the very end of the season? Well, they've gone out and they've signed some really good ones. I'm going to highlight one specifically, but I do want to highlight some other names before I even get to that guy. So if you are a fan of or know, like very bit part U.S. men's national team players, you'll know the name Joe Jow. His dad actually also played for the U.S. national team. Anyway, he bounced around in Germany and other places. I believe he played for Cincinnati for a little bit when they were in MLS or on the way to MLS. I don't quite remember, but regardless, he is now with Cincinnati. So, uh, yeah, his his three U.S. men's national team caps are a part of Las Vegas Lights, and uh, that's very interesting. Fabian Garcia is another player who was signed with Las Vegas. If you remember that name, he was with San Antonio. 
Antonio for their last two very successful seasons. Obviously a player to keep an eye on. They signed Solomon Asante, a very famous name in the USL Championship, who was with Indy 11 last That's year. That's crazy one. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. he wasn't the... He wasn't the, you know, uh, most he wasn't the best player with Indy, I would say. But this is still obviously a fantastic player. He if still he got reaches, it in him. Yeah. Yeah. If he reaches anywhere near the level that he was at with Phoenix Rising, then Las Vegas obviously have a very good player on their hands. And another player that I wanted to highlight is Emra Clementa. Now, I don't know how many people will remember this name, but he was with Sacramento Republic from 2014 to 2017. Did so well that he moved to MLS. MLS did not really work out for him, so he dropped back down to USL, and he bounced around a couple of different teams. He was with Oakland Roots for the past three seasons, making 81 appearances. So these are good names. These are very good players, and it's interesting that all of these guys have found them, you know, found their way to Las Vegas now with all of the you know changes there. The one player that I actually wanted to highlight and spend a little bit of time on was this guy, Edison Ascona. He is from the Dominican Republic, but he grew up in Miami. Uh, he was playing for the inter Miami youth team. So he was uh, ultimately signed to a homegrown deal means he, you know, played with Messi and Busquets and everybody who was with them last year. Uh, he was not the most frequent player for inter Miami in MLS. So they sent him on loan to El Paso, something we've seen a little bit of tonight. And um, yeah, he, I guess they did not necessarily think that he was in their future. Honestly, it seems like it's kind of hard to break into that team if you are not straight from South America right now because they have signed all of the best players from Paraguay, from Argentina, mostly Argentina, I guess, but all of these great young South American prospects. Uh, so it would be pretty difficult for someone who just came up through the youth team to make it. And yeah. he has joined Las Vegas uh, with a, an option to make the deal permanent on yeah. in uh july so uh, i mean i i like this kid as a player i yeah. like him uh because he's a good player for the dominican republic and i like seeing the dominican republic do well because i feel like they have a lot of potential yeah. um that's a that's a me thing not necessarily a rowdy's fandom thing but at the same time it is a it is an interesting player to highlight and i really think that he's indicative of what las vegas are going for now which is just an entirely different setup and i appreciate that they're giving edison escona hopefully a very good platform to succeed. And I appreciate that they're not dragging the league down anymore. Yes, that's true too. <laughs> they that's are true. existing. Um, speaking of dragging the league down, um, I got an email from Loudoun United earlier today. Um, <laughs> good segue. Uh, I, I went I went to a couple of their games, quote unquote, when they were playing the Rowdies. Um, for whatever reason, I'm still on their email list. And uh, this is kind of random, but kind of was, was whatever um they're hosting a press conference to announce to have a special announcement uh thursday february 29th at 11 a.m hmm. um so keep an eye out for that i put that on my twitter um i don't know it seems like they're trying to rile up something so they might be cooking up something over there okay and Loudon and las vegas have been two teams that we've kind of pointed to as teams that maybe you should kind of you know you know hold their own weight a bit more step it up step it up yeah um Obviously, we want to win titles, but we want to have a competitive league that is sustainable, that has fans, that has good support in the process, right? Um, what, what does it matter if you win, like, a NISA title right now if seven of the eight teams are, like, folding and there's not really anything going for them right now? You know what I mean? Right. Um, the USL is obviously in a much different situation, but it's fantastic to see teams that kind of have been on the lower end of that for a bit um, making something of themselves right now. And Las Vegas is certainly, um, you know, looking, I'm not, like, they're not going to win the title or anything, but they're they're competitive. They have a reason to be excited. Fans can go to games and expect a win. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like there's, there's something going for them there. And then maybe, who knows, one day they keep building on that team and keep building on that fan base, and they can move after that really ugly baseball stadium that they're in um, into something a bit more soccer-specific. So I'm happy for them. It's big. Um, yeah, good for the league overall, Like obviously. Um, having a bunch of bad teams, not good. Um, not that there are a bunch, but... Las Vegas has certainly been one of the groups that's been holding us back a little bit, let's say. Okay. James, I threw this in there under USL news. I know we've been talking transfers. I just felt like it fits here more than in our extra time segment later on. So I'm just going to throw this in here because I'm sure you've seen this already. If you're listening to this podcast, you, there is a um, kind of like a new addition to the USL TV deal. Um, pretty, pretty cool stuff. Uh, obviously, they had announced that partnership with CBS um back in november i think um but 
apparently this is now a you know multi-channel multi-platform deal because they brought espn back in on this as well very interesting um, and usl yeah and usl games are set to be featured in a quote record 35 national broadcast games in 2024 wow. um, which is really really impressive for a league that has you know just a few years ago probably wouldn't have dreamed of having 35 nationally broadcast games um on espn and cbs um we're talking you know espn espn2 um cbs cbs sports uh the final the usl final will be broadcast on cbs like the main cbs channel that's pretty cool like your local cbs channel you'll see the rowdies um hopefully right um in the final at the end of this season um cbs sports network will broadcast usl league one um, and there's a bunch of little tidbits in here um to, to look at like you know the usl league one like in-season tournament cup thing that they're doing um will be broadcast through espn plus so okay. it's a little bit a little bit funky and like how they're separating things but it makes sense if you take a look at it um and it's generally a good thing that the league is getting so much more broad exposure great stuff this is good i'm happy yeah i think that's a good thing to highlight for yeah. us and uh highlight for the league overall yeah keep an eye on that that's gonna be pretty cool i mean you can watch a bunch of random usl games on national tv over the past over the next uh season usl championship and usl league one that's important to note too that the league one teams are getting a lot of national airtime as well okay let's jump into the western conference preview we'll talk about some of these teams for a little bit here um admittedly i don't know a lot about these teams i focus pretty heavily on the eastern conference just in terms of like what i see on my timeline um like james said i think i've kind of built up a, a natural eastern coast east coast bias um, before we jump into any of the western conference teams who we will be playing this year if you recall we're gonna play every western conference team once which mm -hmm. is pretty cool new development this year so we'll take a look at them before we do that i'm gonna throw in a shameless plug in here because i have to because you can support this podcast like and subscribing is free, but if you need some new threads, you can support this podcast, RBLR Sports, by heading over to shop.rblrsports.com, checking out all the cool designs that have been cooked up over there. The link is in the description. Use promo code COYR, COYR for 10% off. Again, COYR for 10% off your purchase at RBLR Sports, sorry, at shop.rblrsports.com. Bunch of cool shirts over there, not just for your Tampa Bay Rowdies, but designs based around buccaneers the rays um the lightning uh yeah plenty of cool stuff to take a look at over there um okay james i think it's about a good time to jump thank you eureka on the, <laughs> the, the magic uh producer over there um if you're watching this on youtube i was james knowles for a second that was pretty funny um western conference preview let's take a look at some of these teams that you again i'm gonna put this all on you so that if you're wrong at the end of the year nobody can say it was my fault that james knowles not Carlos, um, <laughs> have categorized as tier two teams in the Western Conference. Um, we have, what, uh, seven teams listed here, and we'll talk about them briefly um, individually. Um, let's just jump into that first one, James. Again, I'm going to put this out there. Just like last week, I don't think this is in any particular order, correct, James? Yes, this is not in any order. Um, I don't know how I went about doing the list that I did, um, but regardless of that, I considered all of these tier two within the Eastern and Western yeah. Conference, so uh, yeah. we'll just we'll just ca uh, categorize it that way. <laughs> yeah. So all these teams, James Knowles, not Carlos, is saying that these will be the second half of the table, the bottom half of the table. Uh, yeah, but I think there's certainly some teams here that are better than the others, but um, I, I'm I'm going to agree with you mostly from the the broad knowledge I have of the Western Conference. I think this is a good tier two group. Okay. Let's just jump into this first team, James. We'll talk about Oakland Roots. Um, what do you know about this team, James? How has their offseason been? Is this team going to be anything of a threat to the Western Conference? Are we expecting a middle-of-the-table finish here? Because it seems like that's where they've been the past couple seasons. Yeah, I don't know if I would say that they're middle-of-the-table right now. Um, yeah. What I'm looking at with their roster is I see a pretty good defensive unit, pretty, pretty solid. Um, what I really don't see from this roster and maybe they're working on it you know you'd hope they were for oakland fans obviously but i don't see where goals are coming from at this point so they have a couple of players that i wanted to highlight on the defensive side babukar ng who used to be with phoenix rising in the past niall logue who used to be with hartford last year 
Uh, Neville Hackshaw is an interesting player. He was previously with Indy 11, but actually joined Oakland last year. So he's an interesting, uh, you know, defensive player. Um, and then they also have two players that I really wanted to highlight. Camden Riley, a defensive midfielder who was previously with San Diego Loyal, probably one of the best players at San Diego Loyal in a lot of games. Um, so that's interesting. Obviously, no one picked him up other than Oakland. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what that says or if. Um, this was just the best deal for him. Maybe, you know, he went to, uh, the university of the Pacific. Yeah. University of the Pacific. Good for me. So that is somewhere on the West coast in California. Maybe this is close to home for him. I can't really say for sure. And then the last player is left back, Justin Rasmussen, who is actually from Las Vegas. I'm finding out, but, yeah. um, he was with Portland Timbers after he graduated from college and he mostly played with their two team. You're going to see yeah. that a lot, obviously. So they do have a good defensive unit. I think Camden Riley will sit in front of Babukar NG, Niall Logue, and this player from Georgia, not the state, the country that is, Gagi mm. Margalashvili. And if I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. It's, uh, it made me think of goggles, but um, I'm not too sure. So uh, Gagi Margalashvili will probably play at the back too. He's six foot four and comes from the top division in Georgia. I don't know if that's a good league or not. I don't know if it's comparable. Again, I don't have access to Scout like Oakland Roots hopefully does. Um, Justin Rasmussen at left back and somebody at right back. And um, yeah, like I said, the only thing is I just don't know who's going to be scoring in this team they have two strikers that don't really have a ton of goals between them in the in their history so um maybe it'll be a, a youth player they do have a couple of those signed but it's very yeah. hard to transition from the youth team especially you know a team like oakland where they're maybe not as established as other ones yeah. um and start scoring in the usl championship immediately so if one of these guys has flown under the radar for me then fair enough but um yeah i just i kind of wonder where their goals are coming from yeah, I'm looking at the USL again. Shout out USL Tactics. Shout out John Morrissey. Um, looking at his spreadsheet and kind of the lineup that uh, he's predicting with with his uh on his spreadsheet over here. And I I full disclosure, I just do not recognize most of these names, um, <laughs> especially the ones up top. I mean, some of the names in the back are kind of you know ringing some bells here, but um yeah, like you said, I think I I didn't notice it at first because I I hadn't really looked too much into this team. I haven't really had much of a reason to pay attention to the Oakland Roots in particular. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I'm not really sure where their offense is going to come from. Um, I'm not even particularly sure how strong their back line will be. And I mean, uh, you can't really teach size. And this guy, Goggy, is 6'4", so it's a pretty big addition, quite literally. Um, so keep an eye on them. I don't know. Interesting team, maybe, or not. I don't know. It's okay to be a boring team every once in a while and have a boring season. This could be one of those for Oakland, so... To be um, fair, as much as they might be boring on the field, they will. Well, I guess it's also on the field that they would not be. But all I'm trying to say is they have good jerseys. They have a very nice kit this year. And I will talk correct. up their kit sponsor, or not their kit sponsor, but their kit maker, Charlie. That is a very good company. They're based out of Mexico. But huh. yeah, I, I really like what they did with it. Yeah, I mean, they just have a cool brand, to be honest. I think that's some of yeah. the best branding in the USL. But um, what does it matter if you don't win games? True. Kind of start True. putting some things together, right? Um, anything else we want to mention on Oakland? Seems like a, I don't know. I'm sorry if you're an Oakland fan listening to this, but it seems like kind of a boring team. Like it seems like you're gonna have a lot of, you know, one zero games if your back line holds up. Uh, I don't know. Keep an eye on them. All I can hope for. All I can hope for is that they get their stadium stuff sorted out, and yeah. then they can move forward hopefully with the roster on the field. But yeah, I, exactly. I think that it is. Um, it's a work in progress, certainly. That's true. I, I did forget about their stadium stuff. I'm sure that's probably looming, maybe particularly more than trying to put together a championship squad. Uh, you know, who knows? Maybe the offseason after that, it's a bit stronger. So keep an eye on them next year, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. Monterey Bay, James. Let's talk about these guys because there's a couple of big signings, and I think one of them may probably is the biggest is uh, Tristan Traeger, right? Yeah. Um, fantastic player for Charleston. Uh, right. Yeah, he was at Charleston. Um, forward scores a lot of goals. Mm, what else are we looking at here? Rafael Baca. Um, you said that these two players, um, quote, won't be enough to carry this team. What do you mean by that, James? Yeah. So I think that Tristan Traeger and Rafael Baca are clear in a way the best players on this team. Um, I think that the 
I think that other than that, they have a couple of names that people will know. Simon Dawkins played in MLS. He's 36 now. Alex Dixon has gone all around the USL. He's 34 now. Um, so honestly, I don't see the best defensive unit in this squad. I would say that I saw a better one at Oakland than here. Um, you know, there are a couple of players, obviously, who are not, they're not slouches or anything, but at the same time, I don't see anybody who's really standing out. So their two best players, in my opinion, are going to be Tristan Traeger and Rafael Baca. Again, Rafael Baca is a player who um, started his career with San Jose Earthquakes in MLS, moved to Cruz Azul in MLS. Anyone who doesn't know Cruz Azul, they are huge. They are a gigantic club, like, like not Club America, but they are the tier underneath that. Cruz Azul is gigantic. He made over 200 appearances for this club before he moved to Monterey Bay last season. So in the middle of last season, I should say, I think that he's going to be a very good player this year with a good preseason under his belt. I just don't know exactly, you know, I don't know exactly what that'll mean for Monterey Bay because I don't see who he's supposed to be connecting with. There's Tristan Traeger. Obviously he'll be playing. I don't know where he'll be playing because I don't know who they have up top. That's better than him. Um, maybe Luther Archimed, who was with Sacramento Republic last year, but he also wasn't, you know, a regular scorer for them. So I, I just don't see a lot, unfortunately, for Monterey Bay. This is another team where, you know, I don't know what their fan base is like, in all honesty. I just remember them from games that were like grinding out as, as Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, you know, as fans, I should say. We, we saw the players grind it out. But, um, yeah, I, I hope that in the future they have a better product for the people who live in Monterey Bay who want to consume soccer so that they can come out. But... Um, I don't see it this year, and I don't see them doing too well. If there are Monterey Bay fans listening, if there are people who know better than me, I apologize, but that's that's what I'm looking at with this roster. So that's where I'm going. Yeah, fair enough. I Again, this is a team that just doesn't really seem to pop out with a particularly strong group of players. Yeah. Um, but Traeger is certainly a player that is fantastic. Um, but yeah, I... I'm going to have to agree with you based on your analysis. Um, that doesn't seem like he's going to be enough to, I don't know, pull this team along with him. Uh, he certainly had a much better support system around him um, in Charleston on the field. So uh, we'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, doesn't seem like it'll be particularly successful. Sorry. But um, yeah, uh, plenty of season to prove James and I wrong. Um, okay. Moving on to El Paso, which is a team we kind of just talked about for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, Offseason has been kind of, I mean, they've made a lot of signings, but again, not particularly big splash signings or anything. We just mentioned uh, Brandon Craig and Javier Navarez, um, who's joining this team on loan. Um, I mentioned earlier that they signed Jamali Waite, um, who I would argue is maybe their biggest signing of the offseason. Possibly, um, yeah. I, I mean, you could maybe throw Joaquin Rivas in there as like a big signing, but I don't think I don't think Jamali. I, I think they're kind of different levels of, of of signings there. I think Jamali has a lot. Like, just he proved himself as one of the best goalies in the league last year. I think um, Joaquin Rivas. I just want to throw him in there as well because he had um, he's had a pretty good run in the USL um, across several teams. Um, scored 14 goals with Miami the past two seasons, um, eight goals with Tulsa uh, the year before that. So. Uh, it's a guy that can score a decent amount of goals. Um, when he does score, it does. It seems like they're bangers for whatever reason. Like anytime you see a Joaquin Rivas highlight, it seems like they're like pretty impressive goals. Mm -hmm. um, almost to the point where you think he's scoring much more than he is, because um, you see his highlights a bit more than you might see other players. Um, I remember just a crazy shot against the Rowdies. I think it was in the playoffs when he was playing for Tulsa, um, or I could be making that up. He scored a goal against us in the playoffs. It was quite a banger. Um, so he's a guy that can, you know turns some really impressive goals 31 still has a lot left to give um but i don't think he's going to be a game changer um for el paso yeah. it, from what i'm looking at doesn't seem like this is the roster that will push them over the line let's say or get them particularly close either um i don't think it's a bad team by any means but it doesn't right. seem like it's the roster that'll really um get them to where they want to be I think that's the I think that's a perfect summary of it. I think that they have a pretty good spine. That's what I said when we were talking about the players earlier. Brandon Craig and Tony Alfaro, most likely the two center backs. I would imagine Lucas Stoffer and maybe maybe Miles Lyons as the two fullbacks on the left and the right, respectively. Um, that probably is correct. Obviously, Jamali Waite and Net. Um, the two 
central midfielders, I would assume, are Javier Navarez, the player that they just signed on loan, and Bolu Akinyode, who is a very good defensive midfielder. I will absolutely talk him up in this league. But yeah, I, I just don't see, again, there isn't maybe, you know, it, it's it's... Well, actually, there is another left back I should highlight on there, Elijah Martin. He came from San Diego Loyal, so he's a good player. But up top, it's going to be difficult. I think Amando Moreno and Joaquin Rivas are players that have better records than I actually remembered, I will say. But at the same time, are they going to be able to lift this team? Um, I think that that comes down to, well, one of them could be this. I mean, Amando Moreno is frequently the guy who does the service. So if Joaquin Rivas can get on the end of that, then maybe maybe I'm missing something here. But um, I don't see it in terms of, you know, this this roster jumping out at me. And, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I do want to highlight one thing. Colombia and Puerto Rico are playing each other right now in the Gold Cup, and Puerto Rico has just tied it up again. So it's 1-1 there. And uh, if they hang on to this, then they will almost assuredly move on to the next round, again, in their first major tournament. So I'm just Against Colombia, who had a crazy World Cup run and has – probably one of the best young talents in the world. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not looking at the game. I don't know. I assume she's playing. Um, but yeah, that's a crazy result um, if it holds. Okay. Anything else on this team or should we jump ahead to our next team to look at? Let's go to the next one. Beautiful. Um, there's a team that we also mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, because they're going to win the Western Conference because they signed my boy, Stefan Stojanovic. Um, no, I don't really know about that. Um, obviously, FC Tulsa. I think like they have they certainly have an attack, by the way. Um, I think the offense is there. I don't know much about their back line or what they really have in store for um, the wing backs or the center backs. I really don't know anything about their back line. But I mean, obviously, they have an incredibly talented forward in Philip Goodrum, right? Um, they're bringing in uh, an incredibly underrated striker, I believe, in Stefan Stojanovic. Um, and a pretty interesting prospect in Harvey St. Clair. Again, this 30, uh, this 25 year old. Um, attacking midfield winger um, from England uh, or sorry, from Scotland that played in the English youth system uh, for Chelsea. Sorry, I'm bumbling my words. Hold on. Let's reset. Harvey St. Clair, the youth Academy product of Chelsea. Um, they also have a really, really experienced USL veteran and Justin Portillo coming in. Justin yeah. Portillo. Um, so keep an eye on him. I mean, they certainly have a pretty good mix of, I think young and old, might be relying on Young a bit more than in the past seasons, uh, but they certainly have a mix of veterans in here as well, like Justin Portillo, and I think that's a big, big signing for them um, to kind of hold on to a bit of uh, veteran midfield um, in the center of the field. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of an underrated big signing for them this offseason, but not many particularly large splash signings like we've seen some other teams do this year. Um, they lost a few big players, actually, this offseason, like, Marcus Epps. Um, I think he's one of the biggest ones, and I really yeah. wanted to see him come to your Tembe Rowdies. Obviously, USF, USF guy. Mm -hmm. um, Tommy McCabe was a great player for them as well. So, I mean, just uh, a few big, big losses here for them. Um, Justin Malou was a great fullback for them as well. I don't really know anything about the fullback that they brought in and Arthur Rogers. Um, maybe you know a little bit about him. Uh, but overall, it seems like a pretty like net neutral offseason, maybe yeah, I think that's where I'll go. Um, I don't see them improving dramatically, but again, I think they do have a great attack um, between uh, the players I mentioned. I don't know much about their back line, though, so that could be um, maybe a weakness. Or maybe I just don't know what I'm talking about. So keep an eye on Tulsa. Yeah, I would say, based on what I'm looking at, the back line doesn't look to be the best. Their two goalkeepers that they've signed are Michael Creek, who uh, comes from St. Louis City 2, uh, we use Transfer Market or sometimes also Wikipedia, and I will just say Michael Creek does not have a Wikipedia page, um, so make of that what you will. The other player, Joey Rogavane, I think, Rogavane, if you're Dutch, he is uh, from the Dutch second division, but also as a backup there, so I really don't know what to make of him. Um, again, I don't have Scout. Maybe they have. Maybe they saw something in him. He doesn't seem to have the best, the best resume. Let's say. Um, in the back line, other than that, Arthur Rogers came from Northern Colorado Hailstorm. That is the league below the championship. Bradley Bourgeois has been with Tulsa for ages. Angel Bernal, probably a right back, is only 18. And Patrick Zegrist at left back will actually be a good player. I think that he has done well most of the places he's gone. I think in the center of the midfield, 
Um, I also forgot to highlight Rashid Tete as one of the center backs. He's, he's a good player. But um, in the center of the midfield, Blaine Ferry, Lucas Owinski, and Nate Worth are probably going to be the guys who are, you know, uh, participating alongside Justin Portillo that you mentioned already. Um, Nate Worth is somebody worth highlighting because he is 16 and looks to be one of the best players in that age bracket. He came from the New York Red Bulls youth team and he wanted to play immediately. Uh, Tulsa said that they would give him minutes and he moved there. So, you know, good for him in that sense. And um, I like the boldness, but, um, you know, as much as he will be a, a contributing player, I don't know how much he's going to contribute to Tulsa winning games. He's going to get what he needs to learn as a 16 year old, getting playing time, getting minutes. Um, that turning into three points is something else entirely. So I just don't see, you know, I, I'm not sure entirely how this team is going to um, get the ball up to what you have highlighted is probably a pretty good attacking unit with Moses Dyer, Philip Goodrum, and Stefan Stojanovic up top. Oh. And um, yeah, so th that that's my take on it anyway. So I was looking for my keys. I was like, where do I put them? Whatever. <laughs> um, okay, moving on. Memphis is a team that's interesting to see in this second tier because um, they're always a team that, like you said um, in your notes here, is painful to play against. They always manage to pull off some good games against us. Um, brought in a couple big names, I think. Well, big-ish names. Uh, Neko Brett, I think, being the biggest of them. Yeah. Uh, incredibly, incredibly talented forward uh, at the USL level that's made quite a name for himself. If you've been around the USL for a little bit, you'll know who he is. Uh, yeah, Neko Brett. Uh, one of their biggest losses, well, their biggest loss was losing Aaron Malloy in the central midfield. Um, Bruce Buckmaster was a fine fullback for them as well, uh, but they brought in a pretty decent fullback in his own right, and Oscar Jimenez, that I think will replace him quite well. Um, they still have great talent in Leston Paul in their central midfield, so uh, not necessarily a replacement for Aaron Malloy, but someone that was already there. Um, Zach Duncan is a central midfielder that they brought in. I don't know too much about him. Um, correct me if, all right, sorry, um, James, maybe you can add a bit more context, but um, doesn't seem like they brought in kind of a clear replacement um, for uh, losing a big, big name like Aaron Malloy, although admittedly that's quite hard to do. That's a huge, huge talent they've lost. So um, they do have uh, other talent as well in the attacking midfield like Bruno Lapa. Um, so they have, t they, they have talent. I mean, they lost a good chunk of it, some, maybe some of their biggest talent in Aaron Malloy. Um, but they brought in a few few good names and one particularly great name in Echo Brett. Um, I'm curious to see how it plays out on the field. I think they have a good enough team to compete for like, I don't know, certainly playoffs, like middle of the table, certainly like probably lower end of the playoffs. Um, but I think they could get there um, with the players they have. Um, it won't be pretty, but I think they'll do it. Yeah, um, I don't see a ton of improvement here. I do want to highlight those a couple of names that you already said. Zach Duncan, um, he is Australian, but he actually comes from the Danish First Division and then on loan to the A-League. Now, the A-League is not as good as MLS, but the fact that he was in the Danish First Division is uh, is very interesting to me. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not entirely sure what to make of him. I don't have any um, video footage, as I keep saying. But, um, yeah, he will be something... He will be somebody to keep an eye on. Neko Brett, obviously, very good player, scored um, you know a good amount of goals last year for Birmingham Legion, but he is still getting older, so you know eventually the tires will come off of that. I don't know if that's this year. I would probably doubt it. I would say that he definitely has one or two more good years at the very least. But um, you know the pieces around him, I'm not too sure about. The one player that I did want to say, um, you mentioned, you know them losing Aaron Malloy. I think if they have kept Samuel Cariaga on loan from Lanús in Argentina, that will be their new starting uh, defensive midfielder more than likely. I don't know if he's good enough to replace Aaron Malloy, but he is on loan from a top division team in Argentina. So that is something to keep in mind. Um, I, he looked good a couple of little times that I saw him. I think with a full preseason under his belt, obviously that'll be helpful. Um, I think, though, this team is missing pieces unless they go out and sign a couple more guys before the season starts that will actually get them over the line in terms of playoffs and everything. So um, their Brazilian unit is pretty good, but I don't know if it's I don't know if it's the best Brazilian unit in the league, let's say. For sure. Yeah, I, I think you summed up well. I'm curious to see what they've got once the you know, once they hit the field. It seems like again, I'm based on what I'm looking at, I don't know too much about a lot of these players, but the players that pop out um seem like they could certainly pull them along to a playoff appearance, um, even if it is kind of on that lower end. Um 
yeah, Memphis now a Western Conference team. So kind of sad we don't get to play them twice, but not really because they were kind of annoying. Um, okay, moving on into our last two here, second to last, we're going to talk about none other than New Mexico United, um, the black and yellow squad. Great branding as well. I love how they kind of like put everything out, their jerseys. Um, all their branding is really great. Um, and they signed, as you might remember, former Rowdy Dayon Harris. Um, I don't know if that's the biggest signing of the offseason for them. Probably not. But a fantastic winger, obviously, in Deion Harris. Um, I don't know a lot of these other names, to be honest. I mean, they have Greg Hurst at forward still. Santi Moir is still staying there. It's a fantastic central midfielder and attacking midfielder that you might remember from um, that really, really good uh, Phoenix run the last, uh, what, last three or four years. Um, James, what do you think about this squad? Because I'm, I'm looking at the players, none particularly jumping out as big signings for me here. Uh, but I could just be missing something. Um, it seems like it could be a decent enough squad, um, but we have them here in the Tier 2 group for a reason. Yeah, um, I think that it's a lot of players whose names we'll know because they've been around USL. Um, you know, they've been around a lot of our rival teams, in fact, but um, there are just a lot of guys that I don't think are ready to make a team a playoff contender in this club. So that's, that's kind of the problem that I see here. There are, um, you know, some other guys to highlight, uh, I guess that I think the biggest one probably is going to be Abu Dunladi. Abu Dunladi is originally from Ghana. He went to UCLA after coming to the U S from the right to dream Academy, which is part of the ownership group of the new MLS San Diego team. They're the only part of the ownership group that I do not actively dislike, but um, he did well at UCLA and got a, an early contract to go to MLS. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out for him there because of injuries. And somehow his last team was in Albania before he came to New Mexico. So he could, I hate that. I hate the phrase it this way, but he could be a dud of a signing. Or the other thing is he might be actually like a really good signing. He's a very good player. That's you know he he's a good player deep down somewhere. It's just turning that into product on the field, and I don't know if he has that at this point in him. You know, twenty eight years old. I, I can't say. The only other player that I would highlight is Marco Micheletto. He is from Italy. If you could not tell from the name, he went to Akron for his final year, and then uh, he played in the USL. Um, League One, so that is, again, the league below us. Played for Columbus Crew 2 for two seasons, and that doesn't yep. sound great, but he was one of the best players in the MLS uh, Next Pro. I almost forgot what it was. Um, so, yeah, he jumped up a league and a level, and uh, he could be another good player, or he might not ultimately be that great. I think that they have a lot of good pieces to put to something together, but it's there's not a lot of star power. I will say that. Yep. There's not a lot yep. of star power. It's going to have to be a very well- organized a very probably defensive team um and they could get a lot of success or they could probably end up finding it relatively hard to score based on what i'm looking at so that's why i put them in the second tier yeah agreed that makes sense okay last team here we've talked about them quite a bit this offseason it feels because there's stuff to talk about for them um they deserve it it feels like something positive is coming out of Las Vegas, Nevada for the USL um, for the first time in a little bit. Um, I think you kind of noted it well here. The big question is how far could this ownership group take them in one season? Um, don't hold your breath. I don't think this is going to be a championship team by any means. Las um, Vegas lights, not in the championship, Carlos, my goodness. Yeah. It's not a hot take. I know. I'm sorry. And I'm, I'm not <laughs> producing anything new on, on this, on this episode of the podcast, but it's certainly it's a team. And that's more than we've been able to say for a long time uh, for this club. I mean, it's a real team with real players, players you might recognize, obviously, Solomon Asante probably being the biggest one uh, out there on, on in the attack on the wing. Um, he's got so much left to give. Uh, uh, oh, what's this guy's first name? Who am I looking at? Uh, Emre Clementa uh, is a pretty, pretty solid center back. I've spent the last three seasons or two seasons, three seasons um, with Oakland roots appeared in 81 games for them. So he was a consistent starter. Yeah. Four goals for them. Um, other big center back signing uh, is Fabian Garcia, who spent the last two seasons with San Antonio FC 58 appearances in those two seasons. Again, another solid starter, regular consistent starter scored three goals with them as well. Um, so, I've heard a bit of talk about their center backs on Twitter because I see the fan bases of the former teams being like, oh man, like 
and so sad to see them go. And then wait, what the yeah. hell? Las Vegas signed them. Like what? <laughs> like I didn't even know they were still like you know. So it, it's interesting to see what they've got going on there. They're signing real players. Um, I don't know much about um, you know some of their other attacking players like uh, Ricky Alba um, or Pinzone. You you highlighted Ascona already, uh, but it could be a real. T- I mean, it is a real team. Like there's players on the field that can actually play the game of soccer and be maybe somewhat competitive. Um, I'm not really particularly expecting playoffs either, uh, but they could be on the bubble. I have to use NCAA basketball terms. We keep hearing the word on the bubble now with March Madness coming up on the bubble, on the bubble. So this could be a team that I think might be around the bubble. Let's say. Yeah. Um, I will also highlight, uh, we talked about this before, but their new owner, Jose Bautista, former baseball player, he is from the Dominican Republic. Um, he signed Edison Ascona that I talked about. The other player that you just highlighted there, Carlos, Ricky Alba. He was born in Norway, but he plays for the Dominican Republic. So I don't know if this is going to be Dominican Republic West. I would personally love that. I think that there are at least a couple of youth players that they should sign. Um, Angel Montes de Oca for one, and maybe Izzy Boatwright on loan also from Miami. But I am not in charge of that. If they want to go and sign all of the Dominican Republic national team, honestly, I'd be happy with it, but uh, I, I would doubt that that is how it goes. So um, it'll be interesting to see how Las Vegas turns out the rest of their offseason because that's only three more weeks. Yeah, keep an eye on that. I mean, but but they signed a player. Well, that's a sign of life, and that's great. Yeah. Um, I found my keys, by the way, if anybody was interested. <laughs> um, okay. That sums up that first group of Western Conference teams. We'll obviously talk about the top tier, I guess tier one of the Western Conference on this next uh, episode next week, so keep an eye out for that. Um, we'll jump into extra time here. Um, not a ton of news, uh, but the Rowdies did play another preseason game. They won 4-0. Woohoo. I mean, we played against USF, so it was a college team. Uh, that being said, it was great to score that many goals. Um, Rivera got on the score sheet, and so did Fernandez. Um, Leo Fernandez, obviously, his first goal since that you know big uh, injury that took him out in the preseason last year. His first goal in like eight game, even though it's a preseason game, it's a game. So that's pretty pretty cool to see. He was really excited about that um, in the press release they sent out after that, or in the in the article of the recap they had um, on the Rowdies website. Um, in addition to him and Rivera scoring, Crisostomo scored a goal in the 31st minute, um, who seems to be kind of in great form, by the way. Like he just he got to uh, uh, preseason workouts and training pretty late because he had a child, I believe. Um, so I mean, that's a pretty good reason to be late if you're gonna be late, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so congrats to him, and then congrats for getting into form so quickly. It seems to be, um, one of the topics of the offseason um, something that the rowdies uh, article highlighted a bit um after that preseason game seems like he's already gotten to the swing of things so that's great um and the fourth goal was scored by a rowdies trialist in the 64th minute so still a couple trialists out there playing games for the squad um could be the case that we see maybe one or two more of them get signed uh, as offseason comes to a close here um, can never really have too much depth james nope i agree with that i think that Unfortunately, a lack of debt has come back to haunt us more than once. Uh, so I would definitely like to see us fill out the roster as best we can. And, you know, as much as we can avoid uh, sacrificing on quality, let's do that too. But yeah, I agree that it's still, you know, good news. Yep. Okay. That's actually it for extra time, by the way. I think mm-hmm. we threw some of the things that we would throw in extra time at the beginning. Um, so I don't know. I guess it was like, pre-game time <laughs> and actually i don't know whatever name's still in progress um james do you have an update on the puerto rico uh columbia score before we log out here unfortunately i guess that goal was overturned so it is actually no. nothing but they're still in this game they're still in okay. this game all right well if by the time you're listening to this that game will be over obviously keep an eye out for that run um because i'm sure well I, i'm not i'm not sure but it seems like they're pretty good form so maybe they can make something happen in this game and who knows hopefully in future games as well hopefully um, shout out the hopefully. Puerto Rico women's team shout out Madison Cox and tune in to our RBLR Deportes Day show as well as our Tampa Bay Sun program there's finally news coming out from that awesome awesome team with again another team with great branding um, and a cool stadium situation they're figuring out on the water in downtown Tampa that's gonna be awesome um Thank you all for listening. Follow at RBLR Sports on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Threads, anywhere social media exists. 
RBLR Sports is probably there. I'm mm-hmm. not probably RBLR RBLR Sports is there. Uh, use hashtag Ask RBLR as always to throw in any questions, send us things to talk about. And follow me at Carlos TPA10. I'm just complaining about Georgetown basketball and getting excited for Copa America this summer. Ecuador is going to have a great run. I feel it this year, James. What's going on on your social media? Where can they find you? Yeah, I am also mostly on Twitter, and my handle is at RBLRJamesK. Hopefully that is easy enough. I was trying to make it (laughs) go along with the uh, podcast here. But yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. We appreciate when you do. As you said, like uh, and subscribe to us on all of the uh, different social medias, but also on our podcast, wherever you get podcasts, we are too. And you can get the full experience on YouTube. If you don't want to do that, we are on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, everywhere you are. We are too. Yep. Yep. Who wouldn't want to see our faces though, James? I mean, come to YouTube. I've been like, I got a new haircut. I guess you can't see it though. Cause I'm wearing my hat. I always wear the rowdy's hat when I'm recording. You can uh, see me uh, trying to remember which side I have to point to get to, yeah, the, exactly. to get to the ad every night. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. We're everywhere. You'll find our podcast. Give us a listen, like, and subscribe as always. And for another week of preseason news. And we're almost there. We're almost there. Come on, you rowdies. Thank you for tuning into this presentation by RBLR Sports. On your way out of the stadium... Please remember to like and subscribe.